0: Outlaw Distillery's coffee rum is back in stock. Outlaw makes some of the best rums in the game. Don't believe us? Head on over to Outlaw Distillery located at 552nd West, 8360 South Midvale, Utah for a tour and tasting. Their staff is well trained and leads with full passion. With homegrown grain to glass, Outlaw Distillery carries some of our favorite weekday sippers like vanilla bean rum, spiced rum, honey bourbon and that delicious bourbon whiskey trust us when we say it should be outlawed it's so good (laughs) until the next spirits my friends shout out to our sponsor solstice malt solstice malt is utah's only craft malt house producing premium malt from local barley oat rye and wheat from farm to bag solstice malt has a loving hand in each step of the way floor malted flaked raw roasted smoked and everything in between, Solstice Malt does it all with pristine technique. Supplied and trusted by breweries, distillers, and all brew supply stores in Utah, we highly recommend you using grain from Solstice Malt. For any inquiries or any questions, reach out to Solstice Malt on all platforms or shoot through an email at solsticemalt at gmail.com. Remember, without malt, there is no beer. Until the next malt, my friends. listening to the Taste Masters, where we sit down and learn from artists within the world of craft beer, liquor, and various fermentation techniques. Hi, family. I'm here in the house of Distillery 36 with my boy, Jensen. Jensen, how you doing, brother? I'm doing pretty good, thanks. Dude, this is a nice setup. I like this little gig. Thank you. In West Valley.
1: Yeah, West Valley is a pretty The far great lands place. of West
0: Valley. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> so, uh, I want to get down to the, the nitty gritty. So, I met you at Distillery. Yep. And I think my, I was actually helping you set up, I think I, it was a windy day that day. It was. And I think something blew up, blew over and we had like, yeah, all the tent shit that happened. Right. right? Yeah, it did. Um, and then my wife fell in love. with so then I met you before the thing happened. I was doing my booth, you're doing your booth. And then my wife found these guys that are making awesome cocktails and lo and behold, it was you. <laughs> yeah, pretty great. It's cool. But uh, how was Bruce Tillery?
1: Uh, Brustilli was great. Uh, I feel like we, you know, I mean, um, cocktail was really well received. We made, uh, we made rum Palomas that day. Um, I'm pretty sure.
0: Did we make rum? Yeah, you did. Palomas. Yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah, everybody really liked it. It was a hot day and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, things went well and things were well received and
0: hell yeah. It's pretty rad. I love that. And I've been seeing some of your products in the like water, like, uh, like water, I think water, Witch has one of yours, someone, someone, like one of those higher end, uh, bars has your products in there. You yeah. see it here and there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's around. Um, I mean, I know that we we're carried by, uh, I mean, several different places. One of them is like the proper, the proper guys really like to carry our products. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure about Water Witch, um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I see it from time to time in different bars yeah. and
0: restaurants around town. I love that. So, so give me the, I want I want the story, Jensen. Let's let's talk about you. So where are you from? Are you from Utah? Yeah. So from, where are you? North so, Utah, South Utah? No, I'm from Salt Lake. Salt Lake, I'm huh? Born yeah. and raised. Yeah, pretty much. And you've been here so, your whole life?
1: Uh, Kind of. I've been, uh, so, well.
0: I'm buckled in, bro. Let's All right. Go. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, me. cool.
1: So. So, uh, born in the United States, I was here for like two weeks and then my dad worked in the United Arab Emirates. So, oh. uh, so my mom was pregnant with me in the United Arab Emirates. She flew back to have me, um, was born at the university of Utah hospital, was here for a couple of weeks, like as a newborn. And then we flew back to the UAE. That's where I was like for the first couple of years of my life was. Oh, wow. That's really been cool. Out there. Dude. Yeah. So, and then, uh. And then it was back to Utah, a little small stint in California, back to Utah again, a uh, small stint in Colorado, and then back to Utah. But like as far as schooling and stuff goes, like primarily in
0: in the Salt Lake area. Nice. Yeah. And you've seen it grow for a while, I bet. Yes. And uh you distill did you ever think you'd be distilling in Utah? Uh no. It's no, kind of uh unique. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's way different. Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: uh Utah and Salt Lake have, you know, come Come kind of a long way with with alcohol and Absolutely. other things.
0: Um what uh made you just open up a distillery? Why did you like, hey, I'm gonna do a distillery? Because that's this is not your main job, right? No. So I'm a general contractor. Gotcha, and that's the that's the big boy job. That's yeah, the that's adult the big, job. Yeah, <laughs> that's the yeah.
1: That one's for the checks, and then this one is, you know, I mean, just cause cause I love it mostly. So uh so basically the the way that the business was started was um, like a childhood friend of mine, Creed Law. Creed Law. Creed Law.
0: That's a dope name.
1: Yeah, he That's was there. He was there for Bruce Dillery at the end of it, but you know, I mean. Anyways, you can catch him every once in a while. He shows up sometimes. <laughs> he uh, he um he started kind of tinkering tinkering around with distillation, um, and so he started building building like hobbyist stills, and and from from there, you know, he kind of, you know, decided that maybe maybe it'd be a good idea to like make some legitimate stuff. And uh and so he he got a hold of me and uh and asked if I wanted to start a distillery. But with why you? Why did why was his fascination towards you? Uh mostly cuz I'm super cool. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: like that answer. Yeah. I'm okay with that.
1: So uh, I don't, he's, he's, uh, his strengths are in, um, are, are in manufacturing or in building things and, and things of that nature. <clears throat> he was a huge, huge part of getting our stills built and, and doing. Yeah, cause I see
0: nothing like them. They're completely different. They, yeah, those are yours. Yeah, they're ours. Scratch from so, scratch. Yeah, pretty cool.
1: So... So he's like, he's, he's the mind behind a lot of, uh, a lot of the mechanics and stuff that go, go behind our stills. And you're
0: the sex appeal. Is that what's I'm on? the sex. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: So, so, and then, and then we had a, we had a third business partner named John and, 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 uh, and so, um, he, Creed, Creed asked me to partner up with him just because he, he needed somebody to kind of help him out with like the business aspect of things. Okay. So that's where, that's my role. Uh, ah. and, uh, so, so yeah, we went for it. Um, that was in 2013. We actually signed the, uh, lease on this space. Um, and, and, uh, let's see. 2013. 2013. It's been a minute. It's been so almost a, minute. a decade. It's true. So, uh, wow. the first three years of our existence were spent in building and permitting. So, at the time we were the first uh distillery in in West Valley um we are the sixth distillery in the state um and and so so 36. basically well 36 I mean nope not quite damn it <laughs> it's
0: like oh there's a connection <laughs>
1: <laughs> not close sort of so i mean yeah there's a six but uh but um but basically we had to go through go through the city and get all of our city permits and everything and this because the city had never done it before they made us really overdo it on fire code and everything. And so we, so like our place is rated like all kinds of crazy. <laughs> and then, um, and then, uh, from there we had to do uh federal permits and federal permits took forever, six months, I think. Um, and then once we were granted our federal permit, um, we were able to get the state permit pretty quickly thereafter. Uh, and, uh, So at that point um, we were able to start experimenting um, because technically you're not allowed to experiment before you have any air permits in in place. Correct. So we were building all of our stills. We were building the facility. We were getting all that stuff done. It took us a couple years. And then in 2015, like, let's say, I think it was March, we got our federal permit. We were able to allow, we were allowed to start um, experimentation. We spent, like about 8 months in experimentation coming up with our first product which is our white rum. Damn. So we did that and then um and then we released it on December it was December 31st uh,
0: 2015. Oh wow, New Year's Eve, huh? Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Perfect so, timing by the way. <laughs>
1: yeah. So so it was cool cuz we had uh you know like friends and family were all super excited about it and they all came down and like everybody bought bottles and stuff and it was just it was just cool. It was like I mean it was very I like uh, that support. That's really cool. Yeah, it was rad. So so uh yeah, so basically we have been um in production since the beginning of twenty sixteen. Um and uh twenty seventeen I believe we came out with our spiced rum. Um and then twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen we came out with our vodka. And then since then we've just we've just been riding those three products. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we're doing some kind of messing around with some other things,
0: but. Are those secrets? No, not secrets. Ooh, what are you messing around with?
1: Okay. Well, we have, we have some gin. So, um, but it's kind of a funny story. The gin. So when, when COVID hit, uh, all distilleries were given the green light to produce hand sanitizer. Um, and I think it was on the order of. I think it was, I think it was 800, 800 distilleries in, in the United States started producing hand sanitizer. Gotcha. Um, and, and at the time the FDA came out and just said like, mm-hmm. Hey, everybody, like we, we don't you know, this is, it's an emergency. We need hand sanitizer. We need everybody to do whatever they can. Here's the recipe. Here's what's been approved. If you guys can make this cool. Yeah. If you can make it, go ahead and make it and you guys can and sell it and just get it out on the market. And, and so, so like a bunch of distilleries jumped on it, including us. Um, and, uh, and so really quickly the, the market for, um, for like GNS spirits, uh, grain neutral spirits was like, it was completely bought out. So everybody was buying like the cheapest alcohol that they could and, and uh, you know, putting it into the recipe, turning it into hand sanitizer. And, um, and I was trying to find it. I was trying to find alcohol anywhere. I mean, this isn't something that we have like a ton of, ton of experience in because everything that we do is from scratch. Yeah. So I don't have like, I don't have a GNS supplier, and and so I had to you know kind of try and develop these relationships and see if anybody could help me out, and and uh, I was able to to get gin. So there was there there was, I had to make the decision between getting fuel grade ethanol or gin, and I got some samples of fuel grade ethanol, and everybody knows what this stuff smells like because because it is like the most fucking awful hand sanitizer <laughs> that you could ever like put on your body. Like the the stuff. Um, it is, uh, like, you know, the hand sanitizer that you put on and it's like, smells kind of like vomit and then it stays on your hands for like oh, a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the stuff. I'm, I'm that's almost, pos- that's, one? that's the fuel grade stuff. Damn. So a lot of, so a lot of people bought that stuff up and you could get it for really cheap. And, uh, Anyways, I didn't go that direction. I bought um I bought a bunch of gin. So, and the gin that I bought is um from uh from the world's oldest continuously running gin distillery in in England. So like the hell? Yeah. So that was what was available and and I bought it and I bought a bunch of it. And and uh and it's I mean it's uh, it's actually really good. Uh, and and it's it's just a classic um it's a classic uh um what's the term I'm looking for here. Anyways, it'll come to me in a minute. But but uh but anyhow, it's a it's a really, really good gin. We used it for hand sanitizer for a short period of time and the market caught up. And and now we just have You're sitting on it now. Now we got kind of boatloads of gin. Nice so uh, so we've been kind of messing around with it a little bit, proofing it down and, um, you know, putting it into barrels. That's what we have back there. A couple of those. Um, Ooh. and it's pretty nice. <laughs> pretty, and, pretty good. Cool. Yeah. So, so anyways, um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a London dry. Ah, And isn't that
0: what tangare is, right?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. I'll get my fact checker to Probably. (laughs) So, uh, but anyways, it's, uh, it's really good. And, uh, and so we're doing a little bit of stuff with that. And then, um, and we also have, um, we have a few, um, barrels that we acquired from, uh, Heaven Hill Distillery that we have some rum sitting in. So we have like one that's, uh, we have like a, we have a wild turkey, once used bourbon barrel, um that Yay. bunch of rum's been sitting in. We have a um a jack, a jack barrel with some rums sitting in. And actually, I mean what I'd really like to I mean for the future are a few different things that I really want to do. One of them is a was, one of them's a black rum. Mm-hmm. And a black rum is just is is a, a standard rum that's that's um sweetened with molasses, so it gives it that oh, cool gives it that really like dark black color. Um, and, and then we have our gin potentially some barrel aged gin. We have barrel aged white rum. And then I want to do a blend of, um, some barrel aged rum and our spiced. Hey, so, that'd be really
0: cool. Yeah. Be and, fun. yeah. What do you think the time frame up time frame on that is? Cause if you got the age and let it sit and it takes up some real estate. The
1: gin, uh, we're hoping to get released in the spring. So we bought a, um, we got a bunch of, uh, vacuum, vacuum flasks, mm. like seven fifty milliliter vacuum flasks. That's really cool. And so I'm hoping to get the gin into those guys and sell them to, you know, that's really outdoor cool. enthusiasts or whoever wants to reuse a bottle.
0: Yeah. I so don't
1: know. When you think about, when you think about it, it's like, I mean, how much glass and stuff, I mean, we're, we're really small producer, but even the, the amount of glass that's made it out of the the door of this small facility you know i mean pretty cool if we could if we could end up you know reusing reusing some products or yeah. having people instead of just throwing their glass out they have like a really nice reusable water bottle or whatever they yeah. want to use
0: it for what's wrong with that? having plastic but why is that not a thing anymore or is um, that not sexy and like why we don't not have plastic?
1: sexy what that's we- probably part of it i mean also, I think that, you know, there um, – I mean, I don't know. There may be some question as to, like, absorption of chemicals from the plastics and things like that. Ah, when it heats so. up, the plastics could
0: probably put something into – yeah, you're eh, right. Potentially.
1: Mm-hmm. But, uh, m- you know, I think that the market that – I mean,
0: <laughs> I don't know. Why don't you that, just create, like, an aluminum uh, bottle, aluminum can in a way, and then uh-huh. have, like, one-third of it kind of open – like a glass kind of has like a sight glass in a way, Uh-huh. and then that's I don't know. You can recycle most of that shit.
1: Yeah, that's not a bad idea.
0: Not a bad, bad idea at
1: all. <laughs> yeah, I gotta show you. I gotta show you one of our water bottles.
0: Oh hell yeah! We'll grab, grab, we'll grab one of those. I'm gonna grab it. While oh. you're doing that, I'm gonna be talking about all the rum, and because I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with some questions. while you? Why you walk away for the water bottle? Because it's 36 right now. I have a cocktail in front of me that Jensen made with it's a daiquiri apparently, and it's a uh, a true daiquiri. I want to know why it's a true daiquiri. That's that's my next question for you, gents. Why is this a true daiquiri? Because you're like, oh, this is a true daiquiri. Okay, yeah. So I feel like you know your way around some true cocktails. Okay, so here, check this out. Oh, this is fresh package. Look at that. This is fresh, dude. Dude, I like that. I I'm like gonna your give logo. It's really give this simple. It's like awesome. This is for you. Nah, man. No way. Yeah. Bro, this is really cool. Holy shit. Isn't that cool? This is really dope. Dude. So you can put something in it. A fifth of something in it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I mean. My water. (laughs) That's really cool. How'd you get the the wood um, topper? Uh, that was just part of the the
1: manufacturer that we use I offered that as an option. Dude, that's so sick. So yeah, it's uh like laser engraved with our logo and that man, pretty neat. fresh. So dude. it's like even if even if people take the stickers and stuff all off of it, it's still like just kind of a nice little piece of marketing yeah. for us. It'll so
0: stick around with people. See i gonna put all this is missing is a Taste Master sticker right there. Boom. Oh, oh this guy has one pulling it out. <laughs> so I gotta ask this question: Why the name Distillery Thirty Six? Okay, so because I was wrong, I thought it was I, I connected the dots, the three and the six, and then no, nope, false.
1: So yeah, the Utah was the thirty-sixth and deciding state to end prohibition. Mm. So
0: uh, yeah, it's your homage to Utah. It's our homage to Utah. The irony behind it, and this is just my brain chatting right now, but is I feel like Utah is one of those controlled states, right? That uh-huh. everyone bitches about. But yet we're the ones that decided, hey, let's bring it back. You know,
1: I think if I was gonna, if Not I was that sexy, you know, like dude. That. Look
0: at that! <laughs> That's hella
1: sexy. That's pretty sweet. So, my thoughts on it are that you know, at at number you know thirty six, which is what Utah was at, it was already clear that it was going to pass, or the law was going to be repealed. So. I think Utah used that as an opportunity, whether they felt like, you know, it was morally the right thing to do or not. It like cemented their spot in history
0: it really did with that. the
1: repeal of prohibition. Yeah. So,
0: and you that's know, your my, homage, huh? My,
1: yeah. So my guess is kind of like they, they weren't, they kind of weren't really feeling it. And if it was a little bit further away, you know, from being passed that they probably would have voted against it.
0: Ah, so they're, uh, the sheeps or sheep. Yeah, yeah, say that's <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not lions, God damn it! So go back to the daiquiri. So you made this daiquiri. You used your Brigham rum. Yep, your white rum, uh, uh-huh. and then you put s- secret sauce in it, and then you put some simple syrup and some special. I put a special lime, lime in there. Mm-hmm. It was pre-cut. One hundred percent it was. And,
1: and and uh so basically it was just a it was uh it's just a combination of simple syrup, um, white rum, and and some lime. So I mean, usually the the ratio is like. Two two ounces white, um, maybe like three quarters of an ounce of lime juice, and then half of an
0: ounce of this simple syrup. syrup. So why is it true daiquiri? What's uh, the the? Uh, it's not like a strawberry daiquiri is not a real daiquiri, right? Well, you, you sex it up with yeah. We oh, sex a lot in this episode. The there's tons part. of sex going
1: on over here. I don't know. So man. yeah, too bad Creed's not here. He could fill you in. So. The daiquiri that is like the original daiquiri recipe, and and it's a super great cocktail. And it and it was um at some point somebody got a hold of it and put a ton of sugar in it and froze it and did all these things to it to make it um just to make it like more palatable, I guess. Hmm. For for I valuable. mean I think it's. I think it's super delicious as originally it's intended. It's very simple, yeah. And uh, and so, anyways, um, so so that gained a ton of popularity and traction. And so most people most people kind of affiliated avery with like this super sweet like fruit flavored yeah whatever when when in fact like it's a very simple cocktail. It's booze forward and you know, citrus and a tiny bit of sweetness to, yeah. you know, kind of offset a little bit of the bitter and it's, and it's delicious.
0: Yeah. What's, uh, what's your guys' fascination with rum? Cause I feel like most of the distilleries out here have a bourbon, uh-huh. have a vodka mm-hmm. and most of them, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, maybe a gin, maybe. Okay. But you guys have like, I don't see a lot of breweries going, we're rum focused. Yeah. So why are you guys rum focused? So
1: it was originally um when when Creed was doing you know backyard distillations <laughs> he he was he was what he was making um was from like a basic sugar wash and it was technically rum and and the plan was um when we started the distillery actually it was to was to produce a vodka hmm. so um but what you know i mean after we after we got the lease, after we sat on it forever, and were finally able to, you know, pull the trigger on experimentation, I think I mean I want to say there was like five or six local vodkas that were already being produced. Um whether they were being done from scratch or GNS or whatever, there was just at the at that time there was like a there was
0: Right Death. What is
1: that, dude? (laughs) West Valley. I you, dude, West Valley at night, dude. It's scary as fuck. So, 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 uh, no, it sounds like a dumpster or something back there. Oh, yeah. Some,
0: some shit's happening in West There's Valley. There's something the going back, on
1: back there. Thank God we're the couch. <laughs> oh, man. So, so, anyways, the,
0: uh, where are they? The realm. So, okay. So, came yeah. Out.
1: So, <clears throat> so it came, came, you know, it came to the, to, uh, time to, time to start experimenting. And, and there was already tons of vodka on the market. We didn't, we don't, we we bootstrap this, this, you know, this project. So, you know, two and a half, three years in we're, we're like, all three of us are throwing dues at it. And, and, um, and ultimately like, You know, like we don't have the time to be producing a bourbon. We knew that we wanted to, we knew that we wanted to make, it was super important for us to be making our products from scratch Mm. um, and to do it, you know, kind of all the way through. And, and, and so what, what could we make that is not vodka that, that we could produce pretty quickly and, and, you know, be a little bit different than the rest of the guys in Utah or, yeah. you know, like, what is, what does Utah need? And it was just like, well, we already make, we already know how to make rum. So like, let's make it and let's make it awesome. And so we, that's really cool. so we spent a bunch of time like perfecting, perfecting it and getting like our water, water ratios on proofing correct. And, and making sure that like our still was functioning, you know, properly and everything like that. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, we've had same recipe for, However long that is. Six yeah. years.
0: And what what makes for those who don't know, what makes a rum a rum? Different than a vodka, different than a gin, different than a bourbon? Okay. What makes a rum rum?
1: Okay, so what you're referring to is called standards of identity. So the standard of identity for rum is that it has to be made with a cane base. It needs to be fermented with a cane base. Mm-hmm. Um, and some examples of that would be, you know, like in agricole, it would be it would be like cane juice fermented cane juice. Um, you can use like we we use a uh, evaporated cane juice or like sugar in the raw basically. So it's minimally processed. It is you know, screen filtered and stuff. And so it's, you know, it's got a bunch of amber color and stuff in it. So we get a lot of the agricole properties um because because of our um from uh our fermentable. Mm-hmm. Um another one would be molasses, which is really popular. Actually that's why um you know back in the Caribbean, um molasses was I mean it's a byproduct of sugar production. And so they just had tons of molasses and they used it to make spirits. And that's kind of like the birth of rum. Yeah. So, so we can't take it. Okay. So it needs to be made with a cane product and, and we can't take it over 190, 190 proof during distillation. So we take ours, we take ours off in between like 160 and 170 proof. Okay. Um, whiskey, I, I, I can't recall the exact number, but I think it's like around 140 or 150 or 160, somewhere in there, like you can't exceed that in order in order to call it a whiskey. And we wanted to be kind of close to that number. So like, because, you know, the, the higher proof, the higher ethanol content, the the less water content, water carries the flavor. So in theory, if you have lower proof, you're going to have higher water content. And a more flavorful spirit, so that's one thing that I really like about our white is that it um it has a ton of flavor and and it's not easily disguised with mixers and stuff ah. so you can you can pour it with whatever you want and and you get you know you get the booziness that comes through, which is something that I really appreciate like I like my cocktails
0: to be boozy goes yeah. forward so Anyway. Still has that flavor. And then you have the spice rum. Yeah, we have spiced rum. Well, this is the white one, this real quick. You have this one's called the Brigham Rum. This one is Brigham Rum. So why brigham rum? Where'd that name Uh, come from? It's just
1: like kind of a play on Brigham Young. Brigham rum. Brigham Young, Brigham Rum.
0: Ah, so what's the spice rum called?
1: Uh it's called spiced.
0: Brigham Rum. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I thought it was gonna be something like awesome. It is fucking I mean, awesome. I, <laughs> no, but I thought it was gonna be more play on words. spiced. It's spiced. It's Brigham spiced Rum. Brigham rum. <laughs> what kind of spices are in the the
1: spiced rum? Okay, so we have. In order to make that, what we do is we 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 make our white, um, and then we take the white one step further by steeping it with black tea, cinnamon, nutmeg,
0: star. Anise. Uh, did I say allspice? No, I have not said allspice. No.
1: Um, ginger, orange peel, vanilla, clove. Damn. So That's we a put all of those. Of yeah. Smorgasbord. It's a smorgasbord. spice, for sure. And so we spent a ton of time experimenting on the spice because we we had to get the right the right quantity of spices and we were working with so many of them that like quickly, you know, like one of them would overpower the other. And and then we needed oh, man, to that's a pain in the
0: ass. Because you have about twelve there and you have to balance all that out?
1: Nine. Jesus. And then we had to basically balance all that out and then and then find I mean this wasn't this wasn't the super hard part, but we did have to um we offset the bitterness of the spices with simple syrup that we make in house with our same like with our same sugar that we use for fermentation. Oh that's really cool. So we make we make a ton of simple syrup with that stuff and we use that to just offset the bitterness without getting without making it like too syrupy. Okay. Like we didn't want it to be like coating. Ew. We just wanted yeah gross. I don't want that. Mm-mm, nobody
0: wants Take it. Take that shit out of here. I mean some people want it but we don't. No they don't. <laughs> they pretend like they do. <laughs> they don't actually want it. That's really cool. How long does it take to make the spice rum versus the white rum?
1: Okay. So from, okay. Versus, uh, the spice drum, depending on the time of year, because we, we basically like we teabag it. Okay. <laughs> so, so we create these, we have these, we get like this, uh, muslin cloth. We throw all the stuff in it. It's, it's, it's kind of a large quantity of spices and we throw it into a, a drum of white. And depending on the time of year, um, it will like, it'll, you know, get into the spirit a little bit quicker. So like oh, okay. in the summer, in the summer yes. when our spirits are warm, it takes about like one week of steeping. Okay. Um, in the winter, it can take two, sometimes three. Three weeks of teabagging? Three, hard teabag weeks. <laughs> so, so that's, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. And, um, and then, uh,
0: and then it's, and then it's ready to go. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, what's, which, which one's your higher seller, the spice rum or the white rum? Depends on the time of year. Yeah. I think you spice probably the, the fall and the winter, you get more yeah. spice and then mm-hmm. the, the white during uh-huh. the spring, summer. Have
1: you tried this spice?
0: Actually I have not. I've only had the white. Uh-oh. Uh oh! Uh oh! We gotta do fix that. Yeah, you I guess drink that daiquiri. But um, before we go to the the next <laughs> spice rum, you have the vodka product. So yeah. What is that? That was the third product, right? So the rums yeah. came first, and then you decided because originally you're like, I'm not doing rum or excuse me vodka because everyone's doing vodka. Everyone right. knows how to do vodka. Vodka's here. So what made you do vodka? Like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm we're doing a vodka. Well, versus a bourbon, versus a gin. So we were.
1: Um, so there is not very many, there are not very many, um, vodka producers in the state that make, that make their own vodka in house. Okay. Okay. Explain that. So, well, back to the whole like GNS conversation. So you can buy, you can buy large totes of, of grain neutral spirit. Um, it comes, it arrives at your facility in like a 275 gallon tote. And a lot of the time, it, you know, you get it over 190 proof. So it's ready to go. So all you got to do is take it, bring it down with water, and you're good. You're done. And you can get it, you can get it, you know, like there's all kinds of options, right? So you can get like a corn base, or you can get a sugar base, or you can get a wheat base, or you can get, you know, whatever. Yeah. So organic or whatever. And so, um, So you can bring in GNS and then you can, and then you can proof it down and you can package it and then you have your vodka. Um, and, and there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's several places throughout the United States that you can source this stuff and they make vodka all day, every day. And it's, you know, like it's, that's how they do it. So we, um, we wanted to make it from scratch. So Um, you're making a
0: mash and everything?
1: Well, we didn't have to match because we used the same fermentation that we did for our rum. We just took it up over. We ran it through. We built a new still for it. Oh. And we ran it through. We ran it through our our rum still as a strip run. So we took it out at like 150 as opposed to 160, 170, and then we would, and then we take that strip and we put it into our vodka still and we take it over. 190. And at that point it's vodka. So fascinating. So the reason why, the reason why we, um, the, the reason why we decided to do vodka is we were, we were approached by a local, um, artist. Um, his name's uh, Shay Peterson. He's a, he's a surreal, surreal art. He does a lot of like local murals. Okay. So he does giant murals. Like, you know, I mean, if you've driven around Salt Lake enough, yeah, it's guaranteed that you probably around would have Fisher, seen it. I think. He has done um those ones he he did not do those ones. He did one that he's really well known for on 33rd and State. It's like a, it's like it looks like Zeus or Neptune
0: or something. Okay. Okay. And yeah. then
1: um he did another one which is Atlas on the hardware building downtown. Um he did a turtle that's around here somewhere. He did a shark that's really cool uh anyways so he's like he's a super super talented artist and he um he approached us and said like can you make me a vodka i want to do like a a vodka for my for my brand and we said sure so at that point you know it was like
0: we'll make you uh local supporting local i really like that
1: yeah so it was cool so we so we built a new still so we could so we could um produce this product for him um we got a uh, we got new bottles made um and we uh, a buddy of mine is um an engineer he had me i had him uh kind of draft up a bottle cap so it looks like a spray paint bottle. that's right the,
0: the red ones right
1: yeah so uh so anyways uh yeah that's uh that's that's the vodka and really um cool.
0: it's very unique
1: yeah so it's cool and then we run it through an- another part of the process that makes it unique is that we we filter it for for like two days straight. So what we'll do is we'll pump it, we'll pump it in into a tote and gravity feed it through three um, charcoal columns that we built. Oh
0: damn!
1: And and then and then they make their way back down into it into another
0: tote and we just we keep feeding it. I feel like you guys have built everything in this place. Uh, hey, sin- sincerely, the staircase, anything but the fridge. How do you built. know we built the staircase? <laughs> you guys like have done it all here. The staircase just... is professional. So.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, we've done, there's a lot of like repurposing, like our, um, our fermentation vessel is, is repurposed dairy and so it's jacketed and insulated it has a coil that runs through it. And so we're able to basically have a reservoir of water that we chill with like a hydroponic chiller. We also have an inline heater if we need to like boost the temp. Um, and so that's how we maintain, that's how we maintain our temperatures is that way. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's really cool.
0: Yeah, thanks. You guys are very, very special. It's I like this place. Thank you. It's something that I wish I could do because I'm not good with my hands. I'm not good at creating um, in this in this aspect. I can create beer, I guess, but I can't create vessels holding the beer. I would be like, uh, I'd go get some Rubbermaid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we didn't really we? create it. We painted it. It I was already ready for it. Like, us. Oh, we're going to fashion this to make this. And you had yeah. a, You had a problem. You came up with a solution to fix said problem, and look mm-hmm. at this—it's now part of your routine. Yeah. I really think it's really cool, yeah. and I—I I like you. Shay coming up and saying, uh, "Make me a vodka." I'm just going to come up to you and be like, "All right, gents, listen. I need you to make a taste master's bourbon? Let's go." <laughs> Here we are. Send it. <laughs> I mean, I suppose we could. <laughs> if, it's, if it's that simple, it just takes an artist to come up to you and be like, "Hey." Let's do this. Can we uh, make this? <laughs> sure. But so we need to try this uh, spice rum. Okay. So I say we take a quick break, come Great. back, and we try try the spice rum in, in whatever fashion you want us to try it. All right. Cool. Sound good? Great. Oh, yeah. Quick shout out to our sponsors, Distillery Thirty Six. Locally owned and operated, Distillery Thirty Six produces 100% cane rum from scratch. From grain to glass, Distillery 36 races the bar in the rum game here in Utah. With their Brigham Rum and Spiced Brigham Rum, they continue to bring home award after award. Want to see and taste why they're so damn good? Schedule a tour and find out firsthand why we cannot get enough of these quality rums. Head to distillery36.com or hit them up on all social media platforms for your own personal experience. Upgrade your bar today. With quality rum from Distillery 36. Until the next run, my friends. Shout out to our longtime and extremely supportive sponsor, Fisher Brewing Company. As one of the staples of Salt Lake City, Fisher Brewing is a must visit with a different food truck every day, a loving, attentive staff canned beer, and some of the sickest swag in town, Fisher Brewing Company is a spot you'll never forget. Trust us when we say, when you walk through those doors at Fisher Brewing Company, you will feel the atmosphere and you will feel loved. See you at Fisher, my friends. All right, family, we're back. And gents, you just poured us your other product, the Spiced Brigham Rum. That is correct. So what's so special about this one besides being made with nine ingredients, tea bagged all the time, and it's beautiful? Um, well, let's see what is special about it.
1: There was, um, there was a competition in Texas that we entered, um, with the spirit and we won, I think four out of five of the available awards for its category,
0: that's dope, dude. Congrats. Yeah, thank when you. When was this? A couple years ago, last yeah, year? Yeah, a couple years ago. Ooh, man, this is really good. Yeah, it has a cola-like much. aspect to it. Cola-like? Cola, yeah. Mm. I feel like you don't need to, you don't need to mix this with anything. I mean, you could be awesome, but we're drinking it cold right now, by the way. Yeah, we are drinking it cold. And, yeah, dude, there's a bunch of spices in it's there. It's uh, Christmassy.
1: So a lot of people, like, um, pick up the, I mean, there's just a lot of, Christmas flavor in it. You know, the nutmeg, the allspice, clove, cinnamon. Star, so it's a very, star anise?
0: Uh-huh. Anise. Yeah. I, but it's not, one's not overpowering than the other one. It's Mm-mm. not... No, it's a pretty it's a nice good... Nice medley of flavor. It's a pretty good blend. Have you ever thought about doing another um, flavored rum? Yes. Flavored rums are kind of sexy, I feel like. It's true. I mean, have you ever thought about doing... An Oreo rum or? <laughs> no. We have thought about
1: like, uh I mean, in, infusions of like cucumber. A cucumber rum. Mm, like a cucumber mint. Hmm. We've thought about stuff like that. Um But, you know, I think for now what we'll probably, I think, you know, the focus at this point is going to be um on barrel aging. Okay, and cool. And it could be, you know, even barrel aging of the spiced of the spiced product, definitely of the white, you know, and, and of our gin.
0: But could you call it white because it wouldn't be white anymore if you put it in a barrel? It'd be barrel aged. So the barrel aged white rum? No, it's it wouldn't not, be white it's anymore. It's not white. It'd just be barrel aged. Barrel aged rum. Yeah. What about, a so the spice, it'd probably bring out more vanilla or whatever barrel, like oak, mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. So a spiced, barrel, barrel aged spiced rum? Yeah. I like that. Or the or the blend? Like would you ever uh, cop out and do a, the coconut rum? No, I don't think so. You don't think that's something that the kids would like?
1: Uh they might. They probably would, but I don't know if those are. You Could know, you? I mean, like I don't know. Like we 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 really want to be making products that you know we want to drink and we want to enjoy and 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 in our reality. You know, I mean, when people ask me which of our spirits is my favorite, I really, I really like having having to like give a long winded explanation of like, you know, like well, I like this one because it's this time of year, and I like this one because mm. this one does these kinds of mixes, and I like this one because da 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 da. But I like them all pretty equally, you know. And um, I think if I made a coconut rum, that I couldn't make it so. I would like it.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on that one because you guys really? make yes, you guys make quality product, and so you guys do little different takes on it. You guys are just just unique enough where it's different. Why not do a barrel aged toasted coconut? Oh. So it doesn't have to be the, the syrupy sugary mal- Malibu kind of thing. That's a super it's not, good I'm idea, not dissing actually. on Malibu. Hey, I can do a Malibu shot here. Whatever. Okay, but uh-huh. you could do one that still tastes like your product, but has. A coconut you would drink, like I'm thinking, patent pending, toasted coconut, a barrel. They just toasted coconut rum. It's actually a super good idea. I mean, I can edit this part out. Because <laughs> come on over, so come on over and remember, help me make one. Remember, yeah. remember when the artist needs a, you to make a, a product? This is is that this what's is happening the, uh, right now? Taste Masters toasted <laughs> coconut barrel. Okay, rum. <laughs> all right. But that'd be really. I mean, but that's where I think you guys are artists. In the rum game right now, mm-hmm. that you could do something like that would be unique, handmade, uh, from scratch, and completely different. Because mm-hmm. you guys are doing that. Mm-hmm. There's spice rums left and right, but this spice rum is fantastic. Thank you. And so, why not make something that would keep the lights on, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. Coconut rum, for some reason, is sexy. People like it. It's easy. When's the last time you had coconut rum? Um, uh, had Chris, or Halloween party. So, Halloween. Recent. Yeah. So, the 30-year, the 27th. Kinda? Was it Malibu? Malibu, yeah. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> but at a certain point, whenever you get handed sometimes, eh, anyway. I mean, yeah. Put, I mean, right. On. Yeah. <laughs> but the missus likes Malibu rum because it's easy. Okay. it, it She doesn't like – she's not like you and I were – we like the booze forward mm-hmm. liquors. And that's – I feel like the younger generations, not saying, hey, I'm an old crockety man. I'm just saying the younger generations like the not booze forward. Even like – Look at beer right now. I make beer. Mm-hmm. I like traditional classical styles, but sometimes those styles aren't sexy to the general public. The fruited, sugary, wild beers are more the gateway beers to the 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 popular what the up and coming. Right? But if I can get this gateway beer in front of them, be like, okay, that opened your palate. But here's other versions of beer. That beer flavored beer is still good. Mm-hmm. You may not like it when your first beer, right? But mm-hmm. Let me kind of take you this way. So that's what I'm saying. If you have a a unique coconut rum, and then you're kind of, but here's the OG rum. This is what we do. That's just my uh, ten cents, patent pending. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad idea. I might be sold. <laughs> we'll talk after this. Yeah, we should. <laughs> but I think you have. I really like what you guys are doing, and uh, the secrets you're telling me behind scenes. I think it's what you guys are doing is really cool, and it needs to be more appreciated. And so whatever we can do to get more people into the doors or to see Distillery 36, I think this product should be, like other you know distillers here in Utah, needs to be put out there. Mm-hmm. You guys need to be more respected. It needs to be more spotlight. Um, what's something you guys wish the distilling scene in Utah had that you want to have, the Utah distilling scene to have? Um, so I talked to a lot of distillers here in, it's not like the beer scene where brewers are like – I feel like this this is weird energy, if you will, with distillers. Yeah. You guys are kind of like your own entities. Yeah. There's not like a camaraderie in a way. Maybe there is. I just don't know about
1: it. Well, there's, a, there's an effort right now to put together – put back together the Distillers Guild. That's really cool. Um, yeah, which is cool. Um, and uh, we did have one for for a period of time um, pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. And, um, bring that shit back, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, you're right. Um, you know, they kind of, there's not a ton of
0: camaraderie, if you will. In, in the, a way. Cause I feel like I can, and I say this multiple times, you can, if I'm out of a, a grain or I'm, I'm lacking on yeast or hops, mm-hmm. I can hit up anyone in the brewing scene and be like, Hey, do you have ABC? And they're like, fuck yeah. Come on, grab it. Or do I need to like, Right then and there, yeah. I don't say it's not happening, thing scene, but I don't hear about that more often. Yeah, when you You're guys right. are like, "Hey, we're have a- well, okay." There's exceptions, okay.
1: So, um, James Fowler, Sugar House, he guy. has been great guy. Yeah, he has been like so great for us, like from the get go. I mean, um, I uh, when we were first getting going, and I had questions about, you know anything from like TTB paperwork to whatever I could call James and I mean, it was never, I never felt like, you know, the conversation was rushed or it was like a pain in the ass for him to be helping me out with like my TTB submittals or anything like that. He was like, I mean, he had me come over, he had me come over to the distillery and walked me through, you know, like, my my monthly submittals that's and cool. and so like you know I shouldn't say that that it doesn't exist um because because it does and there are several distilleries that are that are like really friendly with each other you know I mean um another one is uh
0: water pocket Alan at water pockets like a super solid guy have you yeah. talked to Allen? uh not personally no so okay. that's actually we'll talk about this but and next yeah anyway. okay cool mm-hmm. so
1: uh anyways he's a he's a nice, he's a nice fella Go but ahead. um he's you know i mean he's willing to to help out his fellow distiller as well um but you know by far james james is a guy who is like single-handedly you know if and i was going to point out one guy yeah if i was, was going to point out one guy who has helped us out a lot it is it is james And, um, you know, in turn, you know, I mean, like, we've helped him out a little bit with, you know, I mean, we have this little funky lab set up over here. Um, There's there's a purpose for that. That's for uh, distilling the solids out um, so we can proof, so we can proof, like, high, high solid spirits like our spice drum. So we can't use... We can't use hydrometers in it to determine proof because it's got sugar content and other solids in it. So we have to we have to distill all the alcohol out and basically just test to it. test it? Just to test Damn. it. Damn. It's like three hours, four hours. Damn. Yeah. So I'll have like 250 gallons of spice drum mm-hmm. and I have to just pull like five hundred mls out of it, throw it through our lab, and I'm. I feel really fortunate, but like none of them have been you know like crazy off spec super off spec <laughs> off spec enough that that they needed a correction yeah. because it would be really hard to do
0: oh man, that'd be a night. Nice, oh well, a pain in the ass for sure,
1: yeah mm-hmm. um, and they're you know i mean anyways the equipment the equipment that you can buy to do it to do it digitally is like astronomical, yeah, so anyway, so we had James over, and we showed him kind of how how we have our setup and everything because the TTB instructions like not very great.
0: So anyway, but that's cool. But that, that, I feel like that kind of, I like the idea of a distiller's guild mm-hmm. and, and more of that camaraderie, more mm-hmm. of that, not necessarily if you scratch my back, I scratch your back, but if you need something, let me know. Yeah. I'm here for you. Yeah. Right. And cause I've met many wonderful people in the distilling industry or distilling industry, which is a part of our community that all have great ideas. They're doing good things and they all have the same, I feel like end goal. They want to support local. They want to be local and they want to be their own. Like I, as a beer maker, I want to make the best product I can and I want it to be good. I want to be award-winning. I want it for everyone to enjoy. My neighbors doing the same thing. I want that for that person. Mm -hmm. I want that. Right. I don't, I don't not want that. I want, right. You know, that's why I want to see the distilling community. uh, You know, like as far as, you know, in in the brewing industry, like I want to, even though St. Silver Reef is all the way in St. George or policy Kings in the Cedar city, sure. They're far physically, but if they need something, I will – if they need to have a question, I should be able to answer or I can – I'll drive three hours to go to Cedar City and help out Dre and Sarah or I'll go to Logan and help out Prodigy or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like the distilleries in Utah need to be doing the same thing and I'm not hearing that. And I'm, yeah. I wonder what's the disconnect. Why, why is that not a thing?
1: Um, well, you know, <clears throat> the first distillery – in utah i mean i i think since prohibition was the high west um and they're huge Mm -hmm. and so they're not they're not exactly you know so they 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 happened and then you had an influx of you know a bunch of guys who kind of followed afterwards which would include like us and ogden zone and sugar house and um was Water Pocket was there after, but you know, New World, Salt City, um, yeah, Beehive. Uh, oh, clear Water. A um, lot of those guys came out around right around the same time, hmm. and I just feel like there was, um, you know, we're not allowed to sell in grocery stores, um, so we're competing for shelf space. The DABC, mm. DABS,
0: right? DABS, sorry, right? Shame on you.
1: So, so the DABS, um, you know, is constantly fighting against local distillers for I've never thought of it that way for shelf space and all kinds of different things and so like the the marketability of our product is confined to what we can sell out of the front of our of our type five um which is like you know some of us don't really have ideal locations if you right will.
0: like you so but, a lot of you guys have almost like these warehouses stuck in corners or stuck in yeah alleyways. well
1: because we're required to be in in a very
0: specific manufacturing zone. right you have all these regulations on you guys so Damn. so there's that
1: and then and then you know i mean and then we're all competing
0: for that small a, shelf space like a very very small shell, shelf shelf yeah. space and so you are competing against each other in a way that's Through the, for the public, because Mm -hmm. I I can't, I can go to a brewery and enjoy a beer there and I can have multiples, Mm -hmm. but it's really hard to go into a distillery, have multiples of the spirit and then go home. Well, you can't, you're, you're, you're regulated by. That's strike against you guys. That's like an already.
1: Yeah. I mean, we have to, we have to, in a tasting, you know, I mean, we're, we're limited on how much volume we can provide the public. Yeah. So I mean like we can give you and included in that, you know, I mean the tasting I mean that's it. So a lot regulations, of the, man. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of the and a lot of the small guys just don't have like, you know, the full bar to go along with it or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. And so so yeah, I think that with the influx of, you know, all the distillers at the same time and everything and competing for that space created an environment that maybe wasn't quite as conducive to you know, like that. Super bro ish
0: camaraderie. Right. I get that. But at the same time, it's because you guys, are like, well, oh, just, just, I want my product on the shelf. Can you guys uh-huh. just at least look? Here's some eyes. Uh-huh. Here's my product. Here it is. And you all are doing the same thing. And you have, let's say, a uh, uh, three foot space that 15 distilleries have to fight against. Mm. So the, so the DABC or DBS, without knowing or have known, they are forcing a fight within the distillery world without knowing they did that. Like you guys are fighting for a shelf space.
1: Yeah, and it also, Man, sucks, I mean, dude. we the the other thing too is that the, the local local products have to compete with national products. So ridiculous!
0: Like Bacardi, you have to go against Bacardi. So
1: well, there's they've created categories and subcategories um, at the DABS, mm-hmm. and and in order to in order to survive in that category and not be delisted. You have to, you know, you have to beat out, like, the next few guys or whatever.
0: So, you got to lower your prices or... So, you got to drop your price or you got to do whatever, you know. that's penny-pinching. That's tough, dude. Yeah, so... You guys legit have an uphill battle just to do that. And you all are doing it at the same time. Mm -hmm. You all are fighting this fight. But for some reason, I don't know why. Damn. No wonder it's like... I see the... So it's just tough. I don't think that I don't think
1: the distillers like necessarily have contention. You guys don't have contention. I don't no, think you guys. But hate there's each other. just a there's just <laughs> I a. I really don't believe that. You know, it's just you know, kind of a different level of competition. I suppose it's weird
0: because in, in the brewing aspect, it's not anything like that. Yeah. But you guys also have different lots because you guys have higher ethanol product. Yeah. Ethanol here is very, full. It's very uh, evil, not evil. That's a better word. Uh, it's very, miscued. Mm-hmm. Ethanol is scary, yeah, and, and, and it's controlled to a point where if you have a certain degree percentage of ethanol, then there's more regulations on that. Right. Like I'm looking at Scion Cider Bar making their own cider, and they get taxed like a wine.
1: Oh, we're carried in the cider bar.
0: Oh, I I saw that. Oh, I fucking know. Oh, because they had the spice rum there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they yeah.
1: actually uh, they put some posts out about us every
0: now. Oh, hell yeah, See, awesome. that, and that's cool because they they're trying to make their own cider product. They have all 200 plus ciders, plus they have majority of their liquors are all local Mm -hmm. i love that yeah it's i love that but again that's the only way so so how do you how does being in the distiller distillation world in utah how does one um combat the uphill battle how do you guys do you see a a a green field at the end of the tunnel like what's going on here
1: um well there's an a uh a director, a new ish director for the DABS, mm-hmm. Tiffany Clausen. Um and and there's been some some efforts on uh her end to to try and help support local and help it kind of stand out a little bit. Um the 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 issue in the past has been, you know, that they're held back by like federal regulation so they can't they can't promote local over national and international brands. So like they couldn't they couldn't for example like showcase local spirits in any of the DA, DABS stores because it would be considered favor- favoritism.
0: So they can't showcase it?
1: Well, I mean, they can't they can't do anything for us that they wouldn't do for everybody else. Okay, so So, okay. You know, so like, so like, so that's been the whole argument is like the, the distillers, this distillers come forward to, you know, the DABS meetings and they say, you know, Hey, like, how are you, how do you expect us to like, to be able to compete when, when, you know, your software systems are based off of sales performance? So, if so like, let's say like 10 bottle facings. So we'll use rum as an example. Bacardi sells You know, I don't know. I'm just going to throw like five thousand bottles a month or ten thousand bottles a month. I'm probably way off. It might you know a
0: million bottles a month. (laughs) They
1: they sell a billion bottles every day, and (laughs) and they have you know the DABS software takes that into consideration, and they and they give them a certain amount of facings based off of the sales performance. Mm -hmm. So you can have, you know a bunch of facings of a national and international brand. And, but, but it, because they're in the same subcategory as you. distillery 36, I get one. So I get one facing, they get a ton of facings. And how am I as a local small distiller that does tiny volume because I, because I exist in a state where I can't market, well, I can't sell my product outside of my type five or the liquor store unless I go out of state, which is a whole nother can of worms. Yeah. So, so basically that's, that's like the struggle. That's the struggle of the distillery in Utah. And, and uh, yeah. So, I mean, as far as like a, a, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, they, do you see one? I mean, they've started a, a program. I think it's, they've started a program called i think it's called Utah proud um and it's in it's in conjunction with the department of agriculture and the um and uh the Utah zone campaign yeah, okay, yeah. um and i and i don't have a ton of details about it other than then the DABC DBS is is Making efforts towards trying to help local distilleries with the means that they feel like they're heard, seen. Allowed. Well, the means that they they feel like they are allowed to, without like you know like infringing on federal law. It's kind of silly. So
0: here's my here's my toasted barrel aged coconut idea. Okay. Okay. For the D A B S C S B D A B whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, for the DABS, I think so. Give the same amount of shelf space you're, you're doing now. Okay. So when I walk in there, I should see wines, beers, spirits, vodkas, gins. So you categorize it. Okay. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with doing another category? So I I look at that. I look. I see gin. I see vodka. I see tequila, rum, beer, right? And then here on the right hand side or left hand side, whatever, I see local Utah local only. Nope. Why? Why is that a, why is that a bad thing? Why? It's against federal law.
1: Interesting. So that would be that would be but say, that would be promoting local spirits. And there are people that are on the DABS commission that are like adamantly against that type of thing. Now, I mean Against and, it. Well, yeah, I mean they don't want they have there's <clears throat> local local distillers, local makers are are noisy. So like they show up to these meetings and they they make a lot of noise and 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 there's people that are on you know the commission that feel like it's irritating.
0: So these gatekeepers, these old gatekeepers, we need to like die off so we can <laughs> well, move
1: newer ones in. Well, the they've cited in? they've cited federal law. So like, there it's mm. not there. It's not their thing. It's it's a federal law. It's a federal law that won't allow Damn, them dude. to to create a space that says locals. Actually, there is, I mean, there is one spot, I think, I can't remember what store it's in. It was in one of the newer stores. Um. But they did create like a small, a small local section. And I can't remember. I really? Can't remember exactly. Yeah, they did. Well, I don't know.
0: It's just funny Cut to me, that. I can go, I can go to the, <laughs> I can go to the, uh, the wine section and they have, Argentinian wine, Italian wine, Greece, you know, Greek mm-hmm. wine, they have uh, Spanish wine, they have. Blah, blah, blah. They can do that by country. Why can't I just do Utah? Or so if I go to Napa Valley, you're telling me that inside Napa Valley uh liquor store, they wouldn't have a California special Napa Valley section? Nope.
1: Really? That's I mean that would be the that would be the that'd be the like Utah equivalent. I don't think that they do that. In California, mm. I think that in California, I mean, I don't, I, this is Utah also is a control state, right? Right. So, mm-hmm. so in, in California, you also have the ability, I mean, those aren't, those aren't state run no. stores.
0: Correct. You're correct. Yeah. So
1: you can do whatever you want you if Costco it's a private get, store and all that shit. Yeah. If it's private, then you can do whatever you want. But if it's, you know, state run, right. then. Damn.
0: I'm just, I, I just, I can't agree with what's happening, even yeah. though it, whether you, you can sit here and pay it, it's federally, this is how it is. Mm-hmm okay, I don't agree with it. Like, I don't, I can't believe it. I don't yeah. want to believe it, but it is what it is. I get it. Yeah. Awesome. That's why I feel like you guys have this uphill battle consistently. Mm-hmm. You cider makers, uh, winemakers, you guys are always, and as, us as beer makers, it's like, uh Yeah, right. Kind of got lucky. I don't know. It's, it's a, uh, I feel bad. Well, you started at three, two. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but I mean. So you guys are making, you guys are making. But changes happen. Yeah, right. And, and we're still battling certain – I want to pour an IPA on, on tap, I can't. Mm-hmm. But I feel – I think there's a green field at the end of that tunnel where I'll be able to uh, pour a 7.5% beer on tap. Yeah. It may be controlled, three or four or five ounces, sure, but I get to do that. Mm-hmm. You get to taste the product, and if you want to purchase it, then let's purchase it in-house. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Anyway, that's another can of worms. But Damn. Yeah. So, so what what can happen? How can um, the general public or people who listen to this help you, Distillery Thirty Six? How can we help you guys be louder than you are now? I'm not saying you're not loud. Just how can we help you out? Um, you still doing tours?
1: We're still doing tours. Hell yeah. So, I mean, like all all distilleries, okay. the the best thing you can do for distilleries is you can you can show up and you can buy the product. You know from the distiller is the best um, for us. It's kind of difficult because we're only here on Fridays and, you know, some Saturdays and whatever. Sure. So, so, you know, from us, it's for us, it's a little bit more difficult, but you know, I mean, you buy local product, you show up to the distillery. If you can, they get the, they get the best cut that way mm. and, uh, you know, support local. Yeah. If it means spending like a few more bucks to get a local bottle of booze. Great. The other thing you could do too, um, if you want to take it to the next level is there's a, there's a federal commodity statement on the back of every bottle of spirits. Um, and in that federal commodity statement, uh, requires, you to give some sort of indication on whether where the spirit was made so if it says distilled by or distilled and bottled by that means that it was distilled and bottled by that company so you know kind of back to the gns thing um you know if you want to buy spirits from somebody who makes their spirits from scratch then that's a statement where you can kind of make that determination whether it's made from scratch or it's
0: made out of the state i don't think ever call that and that's awesome
1: so, so if it says that, under, if you want to support, yeah, if it says anything announced. other than distilled by, like it says produced or whatever or just bottled, then
0: there's it's not necessarily from scratch. It's not necessarily announced. made by that distillery. Ah, I didn't know that. There you go. Damn, damn. But Jens, how else can how can I help you, or how can the platform help you? Me as a brewer, me as the you know podcast guy, me with I look like Indigo Montoya right now. Like how, how do I help you um help you out as a distiller?
1: Um you need to come back and and help me taste some uh coconut
0: rum. Dude, I'm down. I'm totally down. You have no idea how down I am. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I'll bring the missus too. Watch. Okay,
1: yeah. We we'll right. blow it up. Well,
0: I don't know. I mean, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be boozy though. I don't know if she's gonna love it. Hey, we'll figure it out because if she likes it, that means the general public will fucking like it. Okay, all right. <laughs> she's she's our uh, the gateway. She's our guinea pig. She's the the catalyst. Mm. So if she likes it. It's game on, brother. Yeah. I don't
1: know. Help us out. I mean, it would be it would be great to get uh, tours through the door. We we offer like a really really awesome tour through here. So we do. Uh, we do a tasting. Um, and while you're tasting, actually, we walk you through this facility. It's a very f- small facility. You know, it's like uh, 1,400 square feet. But, um, but basically, we walk you through the whole science of, of distillation from start to finish um, while you're tasting our spirits. And then,
0: you know, oh, I mean, really cool. How do I sign up it. for a, a tour at Distillery 36? Give me a call. Okay. I'll do so. that. I'll send that. And then, what about general public?
1: General public can well. You can book online, online, or
0: you can, or you can just call our main number. How's your social media going right now? How's your social media game? yeah it's alright. <laughs> Step it up, homie. It's in the middle. And then, uh, how do we, see? what the other question I had for you was: Okay, so what distillery, if you could collab with one distillery right now, who would that be? Oh, that's a loaded question. I'm sorry, but is there someone out there that's Not just James from Sugar House. (laughs) If I
1: could collaborate with another distillery, who would it be? Yeah, Um, that's a good question. Um, Jeez. This is going to be a long pause. That's fine. (laughs) I'm going to need a second here. That's a good one. Yeah, think about it. That's a good question.
0: Should I just go down the list of distillers that I know?
1: Well, I mean, does it have to be local?
0: You know what? No. I prefer local, as me being me, but you can say whatever the hell you want.
1: Um, local collaboration.
0: I, don't, I feel like I don't see enough collaborations within the distilling family, mm-hmm. but in the brewing community, I love collaborations.
1: Well, there's a tiny, there's a, there's a little bit of it with like used, used barrels and yeah, stuff, yeah, things you're of right. that nature. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if I was gonna collab with somebody, actually, well, it needs to be a distiller.
0: <laughs> yeah, or it could be a brewer, or a brewery, or it could be uh, kombucha. It could be a coffee place. It could be a sake place. It could be uh, who do you want to collaborate with? In it could be a, uh, um, a charity. Who do you want to collaborate with in Utah? I think it would be super fun actually
1: to do a collaboration with, well, we're going to say just like blanket, like, um, breweries. I'd I'd love to do one with you guys. Um, I'd love to do one with Fisher too, but if I could get, if I could get, you know, like, um, if somebody was able to create, you know, um, to do a mash for us and then we could ferment it here in house. So, and it could even be, you know, like a grain in that we throw in, you know, into our pot and, and do like, uh, I mean, it would take some time, but to do like, you know, I don't know, it'd be cool to do like a traditional, like single malt or something like that, yeah. you know, where, um, you know we just brought a bunch of we brought a bunch of grain in, fermented it and threw it into the still and then let it sit for a while and see you know how it turns out i mean as far as going with like another um as far as collaborating with like another distillery um you know there's a few distilleries that i kind of gravitate towards um i mean a few of them are you know Sugar house, water pocket, Holy Stone, and New World, and they're all doing really really interesting things and so it would be fun to do you know some kind of you know crazy spirit with one of those guys I mean holy stone has like a um I think it was a Japanese spirit that they came out with recently that was like super delicious and they also have their their um their their uh emerald gin, which is a purple purple gin Oh, a gin. Cerulea. Mm -hmm. So, like, anyways, I just think that there, you know, I mean, there's a lot of super cool ideas um, you know, in in Select Distilleries here, and it'd be it'd be super fun to collaborate
0: with with one of those guys. I don't know that I have like a a purple white rum. What? Oh, that'd be Boom. I'm gonna give you all the ideas. You should, man.
1: You're going to, like next year, you're going to
0: see all this distillery 36 stuff <laughs> on the shelf and you'll be like, motherfuckers, <laughs> motherfuckers took my idea. Because <laughs> got the, you got the New World's doing the agave spirit. They are doing so agave doing, spirit. So like an agave rum kind of thing or, or Uh. uh you know I mean? Well,
1: no, I couldn't do an agave, agave rum agave. because it's not, I couldn't do an agave rum because it's not a cane base, it's an agave okay, base. Okay,
0: but your spice blend in their agave.
1: I mean, I maybe. keep going on. Have you homie. tried
0: their? Have you tried their no, Jackrabbit? No, I have not. I didn't uh, even try their stuff when we were at Bruce Tillery. I was so walking around and being busy. I didn't even. That's the one place I regret not trying. I didn't try it at all. Oh, well. I, mean, I talked to the, the homies. Like they're great. I love them. It's worth it. Fantastic. Yeah.
1: They do. They do some really, really.
0: Oh, your boys really cool going to stuff. Eat, I'm gonna hit them up for sure. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Well, let me know when you go up there. Oh, I will absolutely. They just came out with a barrel. They would something, something, and I was like, "Ooh, tickled by fancy." Yeah, I maybe. have to. But Jensen, I think what you guys are doing is really cool. I think this place is awesome. You have the heart and soul and the passion. I just want to help you blow up even more, man. So whatever you need, let me know. Uh, reach out to the family. Uh, you got uh, the all the brewers, all the distillers got your back. Uh, I want to see you succeed, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. If there's anything I can do for you, thanks for the hospitality today. Thanks for hanging out. Um, Let me hang out in your space. You gave me the the awesome chair. I appreciate that. Not a problem. And the daiquiri and the spirits. I think it's fantastic. And My man, just don't stop. I know sometimes days get hard, days get uh, rough. And you distillers, man, my hat's off to you guys because you guys continue to fight the battle. Uh, Something that I... I hope that if I was in your shoes, I was also willing to fight that battle. So thanks for doing it, man. Yeah, and man. of course. Whatever I can yeah. do to ease you and help you out, let me know. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. And on that note, my brother, until the next spirit, my friends. All right. Cheers, on. cheers, homie. Cheers, man. This has been another episode of the Taste Masters. Find us on Instagram at the underscore Tastemasters, Twitter at the Tastemasters, or on Facebook as the Tastemasters. Like, share, subscribe. DM us for any questions or leave a review. Tell your friends. And thanks for listening. Produced and recorded at Fuse Audio. Give them a follow at Fuse underscore Audio.